You're listening to Paper Airplanes, a podcast where we explore the lives and stories of healthcare travelers all over the country. Hey everyone, this month you may have noticed that we're publishing our podcast episode a few weeks earlier than usual. That's because today is Veterans Day, and we've chosen a very special fusion traveler and veteran to share her story on the podcast with us. So today on the PA Pod, we're talking to Terry. She's a stenographer, Air Force veteran, hand radio operator, and much, much more. She's a people person with a technical side, which makes her very unique in her field. Terry has some stories and some really valuable insight for us from both her days in the Air Force and her work as a medical traveler. We also want to take this time to thank all of our veterans and veterans everywhere, past and present, for their service, sacrifice, bravery, and dedication. Um, My name's Terry Vogt. I'm currently in Wenatchee, Washington, working at Wenatchee Valley Clinics as a sonographer. Um, pretty busy place. Uh, we do 40 to uh, 50 exams a day, so it's pretty busy. Um, originally, I was born in California, but I spent most of my military career in the Air Force in New Mexico and Colorado. A couple of trips overseas for a short periods, but not a long time. Um, I was in the Air Force. I was uh, avionics repair. One of the things I did was Doppler radar, fixed it. And I really, really liked doing technical things, very obviously, because I spent 20 years doing it. Um, but I missed dealing with people. And so when I retired, I went back to school and got my degree in ultrasound. And this way I have the best of both worlds. I'm still doing something very technical, but yet I'm working with people. Lots of job satisfaction. Um, just really like what I'm doing. And I've been doing it now for a little over 20 years. So that should tell you something. Um, I, I retired in 98 and uh, took my first registry in 2000. So um, I've been registered 19 years. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, I'm registered in abdomen, OBGYN, breast, and vascular. Um, I've done a little bit of echoes. Um, I did a couple of missions, medical missions in the Caribbean and wow. working with, car- with a cardiologist. So. Um, I didn't know what I was doing, but he was telling me, okay, go this way, go this way. And, you know, he was looking at heart. So I know a little bit about echo, but very little. (laughs) One of the things that the military taught me is you walk in and you focus. Um, Do whatever you can, help out wherever you can. And... um, that has come to play in many situations, especially traveling, because you walk in and you may never have seen this machine before in your life, but 
You're expected to be able with very, very little uh, instruction to jump in and go for it. Excuse me. So um, the military has taught me to be very flexible. Um, One of my bosses had a big sign, big banner in his office that says flexibility. And it was spelled wrong on purpose just to see how flexible you were. (laughs) (laughs) See, as a writer, that would just drive me nuts because I would be like, well, wait a minute, guys. We got to get our posters proofread. What are we doing? (laughs) That's really funny. So um, anyway, that's a little bit about me. I wow, like you you've given me so many I have so many questions, but also like no questions at the same time because you've given me so much information. Um did you always know that you wanted to do anything with medical or did you were like what were your plans when you were growing up? Did you follow a path that you had mapped out for yourself or did you just kind of like fall into doing stuff with the Air Force and doing stuff in your medical career? Um, not even close to what I planned. I grew up on the ocean. I was a surfer kid. Um, my dad went, had a fourth grade education. Um, my mother may have graduated high school, but I know she went to high school. Um, I'm not sure if she graduated or not. Um, when my sister graduated, she went through a technical program to learn secretarial type stuff. And when I was growing up, I wanted to be a marine biologist because I loved the ocean. Um, It was the in thing at the time. So when I graduated, I started going to Cal Poly. And if anybody knows where Cal Poly is in California, Mm -hmm. they will know that it's an extremely expensive school. Back in 1978, it was still $20,000 a semester. Couldn't really afford it. So I decided, well, um, I had a friend that was in the Coast Guard, and at that time they weren't letting females in the Coast Guard to uh, serve on boats. So Mm -hmm. I went Air Force to get an education. And when I went through and picked my job, um, I picked, well, of course, in electronics, my scores were really high. And so I went ahead and picked electronics, and I ended up really liking it. One of the things that we did in tech school is we built a radio, which I'm also a ham radio operator, which, again, is very technical. (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, um, I found that I really like doing the technical thing. Um, I like paying attention to details. Uh, I like figuring out why things work the way they work. And like I said, I uh, ended up in the Air Force, and I ended up making a career with it. When my six years was over, because I enlisted for six years, because I figured I could get my degree in that time. My six years was over. I didn't have my degree, but I was really liking what I did. And I had gotten married, and I had a child that had some uh, medical problems. And we ended up staying because of her medical problems. The military would pay for her care. So that worked out really good. But I I stayed really because I liked my job. Yeah. So 
anyway, um, I was kind of tied to a specific airplane, so there was only like six places to go. That's why I spent most of my time in New Mexico. After I retired, like I said, I went back to school for the ultrasound because it was a very close match to what I was doing. Yeah, that's amazing. So what what would you say is one of your most memorable experiences from um, being in the Air Force? And how long were you in the Air Force? I'm sorry, I, I guess I didn't um, ask that. I was in for, for 20 years. Um, 20 I years, retired, okay, that's right. Yeah, I retired in 1998. Yes, yes. Um, let's see. One of the most memorable experiences, because I had a pretty dull career because I really didn't travel a whole lot, um, but one of the most memorable experiences is I did a temporary assignment in England, and I was there on a British base, so I was dealing with the British people, the British military, mm-hmm. and I became friends with a a couple of them, and while I was there, I found out that I made the next rank, and they were so happy for me. Um, (laughs) They took me out and basically showed me the town, and not just the areas that tourists see, you know, they they showed me what they experienced. And uh, ever since then, when I go someplace, that's what I do. You know, yeah, I may do a few of the touristy things, but sure. I get in with the people that live there and, um, it, you know, do the things that they do. Yeah, the local know. stuff. The local stuff, yeah. I'm the same way. I like when I travel, I will do like some of the main highlights of the touristy stuff, you know, just to say like, yeah, I did that. Like, yeah, I went there. I visited that, took that picture Mm -hmm. next to that thing or whatever. Um, But a lot of times, especially like with food and stuff, I will go to the local places that people want to go, like a local a local pub, a local, you know, restaurant that, you know, people right. are like, oh, yeah, this is the best, this is the best pizza place, and it's this underground pizza place that nobody except for the locals know or, you know, whatever, <clears throat> and I try to experience that, too, because I think that that's, that's where you get at, the, like, the root of, like, what that, what you're, the place you're visiting is actually all about. Right, and can I, I've done that since I've gotten out. Uh, when I did the medical mission in the Caribbean, one of the ladies I worked with, she goes, my husband has a band, and it's $15. You get a T-shirt and all the rum and the beer you can drink, and, you know, you're basically being part of the band. Yeah, I'm in. So I said, <laughs> okay, I'm in. Rum, rum and beer and a free T-shirt, I'm in. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, Sounds amazing. Well, <laughs> You know, and, and I figured, oh, yeah, you wear a T-shirt, and, yeah, you just kind of hang around, and so everybody knows that you're part of Thomas's band. Why was I wrong? But I had a blast. What being part of the band is, is they had, a, like, a diesel truck with these 
speakers the size of refrigerators, and they were playing music, and it was a parade through town. The band was behind the truck dancing, and if you've ever seen, even like Dancing with the Stars, some of the Latin dances, it was pretty good. (laughs) But anyway, um, it, it started at noon. You did this big huge parade route. It lasted until like 6 o'clock. You had to go in front of these uh, reviewing stands. and But, you know, we were, there was, uh, I think, 17 of us in, in that group that went on the medical mission. And my husband and I were the only two that got out there and did that. You know, that was one of the things that the military taught me is you blend in. You don't stand out. Um, you know, a lot of times when in the military, when you go to a different country, a lot of times they don't want you there. Mm-hmm. And so when you start doing things that are, you know, totally American or, you know, that type of stuff, you stand out. And yeah. you're just asking for it. So, you know, I learned to go in, do what I need to do, try to blend in as much as possible. I've been traveling now. It's my second assignment. I went home and I came back again. I walked in and, you know, hey, what do you need me to do? You know? Um, yeah. You, you just you try to blend in and help. You know, um, I'm doing stuff here that some of the people that work here on a regular basis don't do because they just can't. You do what you need to do. Show me once. Yeah. But one thing I learned to do is take lots of notes. In the military, we used to have continuation folders, continuity folders. And it was, you basically broke your job down into what you did every day. So if for some reason you weren't there, you know, you got sent someplace else or something happened and somebody knew you had to walk in, they could open this book up and say, okay, they did this, they did this, they did this, this is how they did this. You know, I've learned to do that traveling because you walk in and everybody has different protocols, everybody has different things the radiologist wants. Um a lot of them want them in certain orders. So, you know, you have to make sure that it fits with what the radiologist wants. Sounds like a very intense job. Um, it can be. Um, what is your favorite part of being a stenographer? Um, just doing the variety of exams, not doing the same thing over and over. Um, you look at each thing as a challenge. You know, you, you get a patient and they order a certain test and you kind of look and uh, find out what's going on. And it's like, okay, I'm providing them a piece of the puzzle. If you look at your health as a, a big jigsaw puzzle, you know, your lab tests are one, one part of it. Uh, imaging is another part. Your the physical exam is another part. 
you know, your signs and symptoms, they're all pieces. You can't just look at one and say, oh, because of this, that's what you got, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it's a big puzzle, and I like kind of looking at that and so okay, I'm looking at what's going on and what's been done, and let's see how my test fits in. Yeah. You get somebody with abnormal labs. They order an ultrasound, and you look, and you're looking for a reason that those labs are abnormal. I'm always being challenged, always learning new stuff, and I do like to do jigsaw puzzles, too. Yeah, you like but, the challenge of putting the pieces together. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what my favorite part is. I Like I said, I really love what I do. Um, I'm trying to slow down a bit. That That's one of the reasons I decided to go into traveling, because I can set my own schedule. Um, I can work when I want to work. But it can be really rewarding, too. You, you get the people that are coming in totally worried and anxious. Um, a lot of times the doctor doesn't really explain to them what's going to be happening. And after you talk to them and, you know, do the exam, you know, there's a lot of relief there. Um oh, yeah, this isn't as bad as I imagined it was going to be. Or So it, it's really helping a lot with the the patients and their feelings. It sounds like you're pretty good at handling people um, and, and their emotions and, you know, all of the things that go with. Medical is always so hard on people's emotions as well because, you know, it's a scary thing if there's something going on and, it sounds like you're really you work really well with people, but you're also very technical, which is like a very interesting and um, awesome combination to ha- to be, you know, because a lot of people that are very technical aren't known for being very um, good with people, and people that are um, good with people aren't really known for being super technical. So I think that that's like a really um, a really valuable combination to have in, in, yeah. in terms of talent. I it has done well for me. Like I said, I in between the Air Force and the medical field for the last 40 years of my life, I think it's served me really well. The one thing that I have really learned is go different places, do different things, connect with the people that you work with, get out and do stuff. Paper Airplanes is a part of Fusion Storytellers. We just launched our campaign last month, so if you're a medical traveler with a story, we want to hear it. Why do you love traveling? How did you get started? What's your favorite pasta place? Show us a video of you skydiving in Colorado. Whatever has impacted your travel life along the way, we want to see it. And the best part, your video could win you a four-night tropical vacation. So be sure you're posting with the hashtag Fusion Storytellers for the chance to win. Our theme music is by Flashing Lights. 
Additional music by Jonas Schmidt and Henriks. If you want to be a part of the podcast, send me an email to podcast at fusionmedstaff.com. We also want you to follow, like, subscribe, rate, review, all the things. You can find us on Facebook at Paper Airplanes Podcast and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Make sure you're caught up on all of those things and see what our travelers are up to to stay in the know. And in the meantime, happy travels.